I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week, I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is, is Gabe Bach, content creator and former radio host at TechSags, who is also a realtor along with his wife, Megan Bach, in College Station, Texas. Gabe, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Kyle. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for being here. Um, first off, can you tell me what TechSags is and what it's like to have your role there? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, TechSags is a... <laughs> It's kind of hard to describe exactly what it is because it's not just a radio show. It's not just an organization that makes movies. It's not just a website. You know, your mother used to work there and it's grown a ton. She had a big hand in that. I would say TechSags is a multimedia company that specializes in media coverage of everything involving Texas A&M. Football, men's and women's basketball, baseball, softball. We try to be a voice at every event, and we try to cover every sport. Obviously, football, and then football recruiting, getting the high school kids on co the coverage of high school recruits that A and M might sign is a huge drawing point. Basically, it's like this: there are a half a million Aggies living, more than that, almost six hundred thousand, and we really hope that all of them will pay us a small amount of money per month to get incredible coverage of everything involving Texas A&M. I mean, we cover them inside and out, online at texags.com, written with video content. We have a radio show that I hosted for 10 years. We are on TV locally. We're try, we try to dominate the social media space as well and give Aggies that, that in that platform and try to be where Aggies are in their coverage. We also have a branch of the company that does make movies. We have a branch of the company that does video production for clients where they'll pay us a client, like a company, well, maybe an Aggie-owned business, let's say, will pay us. Let's take like an Aggie-owned car dealership. They might pay us to go out there and tell their story on video and maybe send like a little three or three to five minute sort of mini movie about that business that they can then take that piece of content, distribute to all of their potential clients in hopes of uh, selling more cars, essentially. So that we have that side of it too. We also started creating websites that look a lot like TechSags, but we partner with experts in these other college markets. So we have a site that looks a lot like TechSags, but it's in Baylor and another one in Georgia and another one at USC and Notre Dame, Nebraska, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now. I'm happy to still be a little bit involved but while continue to have a lot better work-life balance at home, which I know we'll get into as we as we get going, Kyle. Wow, that's a that's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah. When Amanda mm -hmm. took over, your mom, when she was doing sales, there was nothing. I mean, she took over something. It was just the website. So I credit Amanda for me having that much to tell you about right now because she had a lot. She had a, a lot to do with the initial rise of what TechSax has now become. It's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. I'm. I absolutely love staying involved in it. Wow. So, what kind of things do you actually do day to day at work? Yeah. So I recently left TechSax full time, where I spent 13 years. I've spent 17 years full time in the media, but recently. Now I'm basically a, a content creator working part-time. I'm a consultant with TechSags. I, I used to contribute 70 hours a week there. And just so much, so much a percentage of my world was focused on one thing. And I, I needed to change that. And we'll get into that story a little bit more as we go along. But 
now uh, I have exponentially more time at home with the family. I'm working with my wife in real estate, which is just awesome. But I'm still able, thanks to the bo my bosses at Texag, still able to contribute in a part-time basis, um, running our pick'em games, running some advanced statistics, doing a former player thing every week, doing some video film room style X's and O's breakdowns where we'll take some video of the game and then we'll pause the video. And then our football, our former football playing expert will draw a whole bunch of stuff to try to educate the fans about what's going on on that particular play. And then we'll move and play more of the video and try to educate fans about a little bit more about the team that they love and care about so much. So still doing a lot with tech sags, but more of a part-time role now, which is exactly what I was looking for. Wow. So when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work? Kyle, I would say my, my whole life would be the easiest way to say it. I grew up watching sports. I grew up watching and listening to sports play-by-play -play on the radio where the announcer was calling the games of his team and really always wanted to be involved in sports in some way, whether that was a coach whether that was uh, on radio or television, but it was, it's was it been a lifelong passion, really. Grew up watching the games, grew up wanting to do it. You know, started really pursuing it, though, seriously in college. Definitely got some lucky breaks early that set me up for, for success professionally in College Station in Aggieland. And so very, very, very thankful for that. And for a long time, and the day I left my full-time job as host of Texas Radio on June 22nd of this past year, this past summer, up until that very moment, I was involved in my dream job, really. So I got an opportunity to truly live out a dream that I've had since I was probably younger than you, Kyle, quite frankly. Wow. So what do you like most and least about your job? Most, I'd say just... Talking sports is a passion. I could sit there with a brick wall and just talk about the the tight end position or the quarterback or the defensive end, the Texas A&M or the Rangers or the Cowboys or the Mavericks, whatever. Golf. I just I could sit there and talk for no money. So to get paid to sit around and chat about A&M sports where I went to school, where I wear this ring right here. I mean, I'd be doing it anyway. So to get paid for it has been an incredible 17 year experience the least thing is probably Kyle frankly that it just took me away from my family more than I wanted it to I mean so many mornings and long nights and weekends away covering the Aggies which anybody would love so many people thousands and thousands of people would love to be in my position be able to go travel and cover the Aggies and get a free free seat to the game right to be able to sit there and talk about the team and break it all down and get a free all expenses paid trip to cover the Aggies every single week. I mean, it's incredible. And for 13 years with Tex Ags and even longer before that at the radio station and television, I was able to do that. But the worst thing about it was after 13 years, I felt like it was time for a change time to have more time for the family. My wife's real estate career was really rising, but she was very, very busy. So I just felt right made the decision to leave full-time on the radio, full-time in media, and uh, it's been incredible. I, I knew for a fact I would never regret that decision. You would never regret the decision that involves work, being with your wife more and being with your kids more. And so the least thing was just the time that it took to be great, to try to be great. 
day after day after day for a thousand and twenty nine shows or however uh, two two thousand five hundred and twenty nine shows I believe was how many I did as lead host of Texas Radio over ten years almost to the day. But if you, you if you want to be really good at that job, it takes a lot of time. It really does. And so as time went on, I, I started to regret being gone so much. And so the least favorite thing about my old job was that I was gone too much. I don't have a least favorite thing about my current situation because it truly is a dream come true that I'm still able to be involved to the extent that I want to be involved, which is about 10 to 15 hours a week versus 70 to 75 hours. Wow. Now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Kids Green Team, a business startup kit I created with my friend Micah. Here's the problem we learned about that we couldn't ignore. Your city doesn't recycle plastic grocery bags, shipping air pillows, bubble wrap, and other plastic like that. Whether you throw them in the trash yourself or put them in your curbside recycling bin, they're headed for a landfill, or worse, the ocean. But that's where my friend Micah and I come in. We've built an entire course to teach kids like us how to turn this unnecessary waste into a successful business, profitable from month number one. Check it out at kidsgreenteam.com. Let's do some good together. Okay, now back to the show. What level of education do you have? Was that required for your job or not? It really isn't. I know a lot of people that are incredible in this industry that never got their collegiate, their college degree. I did. I got a bachelor's in journalism from Texas A&M. It's not necessary. It's not a prerequisite for radio. The prerequisite for radio is have a personality. And when that microphone is on, you got to talk into it, right? I mean, you're doing it right now. That microphone's on. You got to talk and try to be good at it. And if you're not, they're going to find somebody else. And if you are, you'll keep getting more opportunities as long as you work really, really hard. And you're not afraid to take uh, the grunt shifts, so to speak, working nights, working weekends, waking up really early in the morning, things like that. And uh, so, but no, I, I think that getting a degree certainly gets you to the front of the line. But in our industry, it's sort of like entertainment. You can get to the front of the line. You're watched like American Idol. You might be the first one in line to try out for American Idol or America's Got Talent or something like that. But if you stink in your audition, they're going to go to person number two and three, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think the degree definitely helps. I, I, hope, my, all my, I hope my kids go to college and get their degrees. But in my particular field, and this isn't the case for a lot of people you talk to, if you're going to talk to an engineer, yeah, you've got to get a degree, right? But in my particular field, you got to be an entertainer more than anything else. But the degree certainly helped get me off on the right track, no doubt. Oh, so how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make? And what's the long-term <laughs> income potential? <laughs> starting out? I didn't know there was a thing called money starting out. First internship, unpaid. Yeah, I think most media internships are unpaid. We at TechSex, I don't think have ever really offered a paid internship. In sports media, expect to work a ton of hours for very little money starting out. A ton of hours for very little money because so many people want a job in sports media. And it looks glamorous, but it's a lot more work than people think. My first radio job, I was making six fifty an hour answering phones for Chip Howard Sports Talk in College Station. I was making thirty something dollars a week and was about to get married. 
Now think about that conversation with my future father-in-law. Kurt, I want to marry your daughter. Gabe, I really like you. I think you should marry Megan. What is your career plan? Well, Kurt, I'm making $30 a week answering phones for a radio sh show. Well, do you have a backup plan? Well, I'm waiting tables at Chili's to subsidize that incredible income. Well, I'm a little nervous, Gabe, right? You kind of have to have these awkward conversations as you're coming up and trying to live your dream in sports media. 30 bucks a week. After three months, I started, I was still making six fifty an hour, but working like 30-something hours a week. And then nine months in, I hit the jackpot, Kyle. Full-time, $18,500. Thank you very much, man. That's not very – you can drive Uber and make five times that much. <laughs> so – you know, but thank God the salary continued to get significantly better over time. It took a while as I got more involved with TechSags. At the same time, Amanda started really getting involved, your mom, with TechSags. It started growing. And TechSags has taken incredible, incredible care of me for throughout the last 13 years. Incredible care. I left an amazing full-time job. Now, in terms of just where it could go, Samantha Ponder makes $4 million a year. She only works on Sundays on ESPN. Uh, I have friends in the media industry that make well over a million dollars a year, well over a million dollars in sports media. Now, that's the upper cloth, right? And it usually takes you 10, 15 years of grinding it out and being great on a daily basis to get to that point. And there's a, it, there's a lot of hard work. You can become a millionaire doing sports radio, sports television, no questions asked, but it takes a lot of work and you got to get really, really lucky. So, but it doesn't start out very pretty. That's for sure. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I know that um, after you uh, quit full-time at TechSags, you've had to work a lot less, but how much free time do you have? Free time. When I was full-time, I averaged like 70, 75, 80 hours a week during football season, over 40 hours a week during the off season. But now with my full-time job, real estate, I'm probably putting in 30 hours a week in real estate. I'm adding 10 to 15 hours a week in tech sag. So between the two, I'm doing full-time work. But full-time work for me felt has always felt like 70-hour weeks, Kyle. Now full-time for me is tr a true like 30 to 5 to 42, 43-hour week. And that has opened up so much more time for free time, so much more time to sit and read a book or open up the Bible or, you know, uh, hang out with the kids. We, we involved all three of them do piano lessons. All three of them are involved in sports, whether it's volleyball or softball or baseball, golf, gymnastics, dance. They're involved in all kinds of stuff. And I'm, I'm living the dream being able to a, drive them to school. I had a morning talk show. I could never, I never could drive them to school. Now I get to drive them all to school every single day, which is amazing. And then to take them all over and be able to help out and do coaching and things like that and the stuff that I wasn't able to do before. So really when you have kids that are all under 13, 12 and under, their hobbies are your hobbies right now. So that's what my free time encompasses at this point. Hmm. So what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job? Well, I think it's important to make sure you love what you do. Um, make sure you're prepared to work extremely hard for very little money initially in my line of work. If you're asking for young people who want a career in sports media, I would say make sure your priorities are in order here in terms of 
you're not going to get out of college with your degree and get that call from ESPN and you're on Sports Center or or you're calling the national game of the week on television six weeks later. It just doesn't work like that. You got to be prepared to grind it out in all these little markets for very little dollars and work extremely hard to get to that point. I think that's important. You need to love it, whether it's what I do or anything in your career, you got to love it. If you don't love it, then you're going to be miserable. So I would think that's very important too. If you're willing to work hard in this industry and treat it like a passion and you're a good person and you're good to people, you got to get lucky along the way. You know, it's such a fun career. I mean, you get paid to sit and watch games, Kyle, write about those games or talk about it. It's not busting bricks here, right? I mean, it is, it is pretty good work. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've had to pinch myself many times sitting out in my seat watching Johnny Manziel or a big football game or a baseball game or basketball thinking about is this real life or is this like my childhood dream fantasy whatever that's somehow come true do I need to pinch myself and make sure I'm still alive and I got to live out that dream for 17 years and very very thankful for it so this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss a best-selling author and one of the top podcasters in the world what is one of your best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made Hmm. It's a good question. I'd say uh, the best investment I ever made in my career was the re- that recent decision. The, the best investment I've made was putting family first. And that's so important. I mean, way too large of my percentage for way too long revolved around just one thing. And I don't think you put, you got to be careful how you split that pie. And meanwhile, my wife's career was taken off, like I mentioned earlier, in real estate. My entire family schedule, though, continued to revolve around my career because my schedule revolved around the Aggie schedule. We got to be where they are. And so it just became a situation where, you know, I mean, without a doubt, that was an investment that I needed to make. The investment of time, the investment of margin in your life. You ever write on that notebook paper? Do you write all the way from the very beginning of it to the very end of it? Or do you leave a little margin in there somewhere, right? That little double pink stripe. I'm trying to live my life where that on the left side of that little double pink stripe on the notebook paper is empty. Empty to be able to make decisions and move stuff around with the schedule and spend extra time at home. And that was the investment, the investment of time and margin. Having more of a complete life, better work life balance is so incredibly critical. I mean, if I could tell you kids one thing, as you grow up in this thing, you got to be invested in your job, but don't, don't be so invested that everything else is secondary because work is not the most important thing. It really isn't. So, I mean, it's awesome. Getting to still dip my toe in the media game is awesome, but having a better work-life balance at home is just so, it's such a big deal. Was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life? Yeah, I thought about that, Kyle. And I, I remember back to my first um, my first assignment as a radio reporter. It was the fall of 2004. And I get asked to go out and interview the head football coach at Texas A&M. His name was Dennis Franchoni. And it was in a group setting. I didn't have to stand in there and just figure out how to ask him 10 questions all by myself. But nonetheless, you got this new, which was like a mini disc player at the time. I mean, we don't use discs anymore, right? It's kind of like a small looking CD or a DVD. And it rolled around and you 
press record and you had to have your batteries, you had to have your microphone plugged into it. And I remember I go out there and get this group interview and I know I looked down about a minute in and the battery has died. I mean, I don't know what happened because I thought I'd checked the batteries, put brand new batteries in, whatever happened. Now I'm a rookie reporter, cub reporter, and the recorder dies and I get nothing. And I'm devastated. I mean, I failed. One, one, and I am in, I am certainly dispensable at the radio station. I'm making $6 and 50 cents an hour, the lowest man on the totem pole in the entire station. Right. And I just missed my first assignment and whiffed bad, badly. So I'm devastated and I think I'm going to get fired. But my boss told me right before I went out there, I'll never forget it. And it stuck with me for a long time. No matter what, Gabe, just get the job done. Even if it's not pretty, just get the job done. So I think, I'm like, all right, who else was out there that got this recording? So I call the TV station that I had previously worked for, and I run up there and record it right off of their equipment, and then I bring it back to the station on time. It was a total failure. It scared the heck out of me, but that mantra, just get the job done, stuck with me then. It helped me make a, a fast decision to get it done, and it still has stuck with me. I think about it, not a week goes by, I don't think about that. Because when you show up on the radio and it's 8.05 and your kids are sick at home and you're not feeling good or you're in a bad mood, when that music starts and the intro's up and the lights are on and they turn your mic on, you can't go, yeah, I'm not feeling real good today. So y'all are going to have to bear with me for the next three hours. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to turn the radio off and you can't have that. So when 8.05 rolls around and the lights are on, hey, hey, good morning, Aggieland. It's 8.06. Let's talk a little Aggie football, right? I mean, you got to have the energy and you got to just get the job done because not every day is perfect. You know, in, in this world we're living in, um, in this world, it's not perfect, right? So you just got to figure out a way to make it happen sometimes. Cool. So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way would you like to give that person a quick shout out? Yeah, my, my granddad passed away in 1997, fall of 97. I was a junior in high school, 97, 90. Yeah, that's right. Fall of 97. Ozzy Toon was his name, spelled with two S's, Ozzy, but he called him Ozzy or Oz. And a uh, passionate sports fan, man, and a great guy. He was my best friend, and he loved his Cowboys and his Rangers. And he really grew that passion, that early passion I had for sports. And now I'll say in recent years, one of my spiritual mentors, his name's Bill Jackson. He lives locally in College Station. Had a he's had a huge impact on my life and spiritual growth. But Bill was also instrumental when I was holding the secret that I was getting ready to announce that I was leaving as host of Texags Radio. And that was a huge decision. And, but Bill was one of, at the time, probably four or five people in the world who knew that decision was forthcoming and really helped guide me through the pros and the cons of this decision. And then helped me kind of clink, think clearly as I weighed the decision. He was there for me throughout this. The biggest move of my sports career at that point of my professional career was the decision to step away from a job that was my dream job that I was so passionate about. So, I'd say Ozzy Toon, my granddad, and one of my spiritual mentors, Bill Jackson. Cool. Knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up? 
differently. Um, well, I always knew I wanted a passion in sports. I always knew I w- I'd like to be either a coach or in the radio TV industry and be involved in that. Um, I probably wish I would have been more proactive knowing that I really wanted to do this industry. I wasn't very proactive, you know, like in high school, getting to know the local sports writer or the radio TV talk show people or news people in my hometown. I really wish I had started that path a little bit sooner. It wasn't until my, between my junior and senior year of college that I got my first internship. So knowing that it was absolutely the path I wanted to take, I really wish I'd been a little bit more proactive earlier in trying to find those internships and those uh, observational opportunities. It really, really has worked out for me. Um, I'm very, very thankful, but I, I do. That's probably some, one little, little piece of regret is I always knew what I wanted to do. A lot of people don't. And having known that, I wish I'd gotten started a little bit earlier. Cool. Um, what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work? I actually, I actually wrote this down because I've got two of them. Number one, find something that you truly love. And I mentioned that earlier and make a career out of that. I, if you can, if you find something you're truly passionate about, it's incredible when your work is your passion your passion is your work. Such a great feeling when you get to the office every day. I mean, a lot of people get paid a lot of money and absolutely hate their jobs. And when that happens, you're not, it's really hard to be truly happy, joyful, because work is such a big part of our lives. So you got, don't put it first, but you got to love it. I, I think you really do. And my parents always did that. My, my mother had a job and something she absolutely loved. Her brother was in the cutting horse industry and absolutely loved it. And, and mama and my dad hated his job working for the railroad. And my mom always said, Gabe, do like I did and do like your uncle did and find something you truly love. And if you do that, you'll, you'll, you'll be joyful as you go to work every single day and go through that door. Uh, Number two was for me, don't put work. Number one, I mentioned that earlier as well, but let me expound on it. I mean, I don't think it can be for, and it's coming from experience now, where work became first and foremost. So I'm telling you from experience, don't do that. I think number one, try to put God number one, try to put your family right there, make physical, mental health right there with it. And then the career will take care of itself and you'll be better with the hours you use in your career if, you're, if your priorities are in line. I think that's huge. You got to have a balance. You need to always make sure to find time and find margin. And so you don't live in, you know, these old, these old cars had the, these um, clutches and you, you'd step on it with your left foot and you'd flip it into like first gear, second gear, third gear, and then fourth. And fourth's where you go real fast. Well, too many of us spend too much of our time in fourth gear, fifth, in overdrive. So we're going at like 120% of our capacity. And as time goes on, Kyle, we're, we're, we're worn out. Like we're, we're beyond the point of no return. Like let go spend time in those other gears, spend time in low, spend time in park where you just sit there with a book and just learn, right. Or soak it in, spend time in low where you have relationship building conversations, spend time in these other gears. Sometimes you do have to be in overdrive. You're on deadline. You got to pull an all nighter to get a project done like that, but don't let that be daily every single day. I mean, diving into a career you truly love, but finding work-life balance. I'll give all of you guys that advice. It's so critical to success in your career and more importantly, success at home.
Awesome. Thanks, Gabe. Now it's time for the joke of the day. Oh. What musical instrument is found in the bathroom? Ooh. Tell me, Kyle. I do not know. A tuba toothpaste. <laughs> Doo-doo-tsh. That's a good one, man. <laughs> I like it. Thanks. Very good. Thanks yes. again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to yeah. subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.